decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't turn this light on. Welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us here this morning. It is Tuesday, the 29th day of November 2022, and this is day two of ten of double scripture reading days. Mm. Fell behind while I was sick, and we are working hard to catch up. So we're doing 10 days of double scripture reading to get us right back on schedule to finish our read-through of the Legacy Standard Bible by the end of the year. So we're, we're, we're doing that. It's happening. All right. Uh, quick note. Top news story this morning I saw was apparently on an island chain that was built entirely of volcanic rock, a volcano is erupting the largest active volcano in the world or on the island chain or whatever. But uh, there's another volcano erupting on Hawaii, which is a string of volcanic islands. Amazing that there would be a volcano in a string of volcanic islands. Now, I understand there are people that live there and it affects them and, and whatnot, but... The, the news story I listened to this morning when I was in the shower on the radio, they were talking like this was an unexpected crisis. Nobody ever saw this coming. We live on an active volcano on a bunch of islands that are made up of volcanoes and a volcano is erupting. And nobody could have predicted this. That was kind of the attitude of the news guy. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's like uh, when I was driving truck, every time I would drive through western Washington and Oregon, which is the most populous part of those states, that's Seattle, Portland, everything in between, and I'm driving along through there, and it's going, that's an active volcano. That's an active volcano. That's an active volcano. They're dormant, you know, but they're not dead. <laughs> um, I was in, uh, it was my eighth grade year of high school in May 18th, 1980, when, my eighth grade year of high school, my eighth grade year, uh, right before high school started, when uh, Mount St. Helens erupted. Now, okay, yeah, that's 42 years ago now, but that's not that long <laughs> of a time span and quite honestly, it was, uh, it was impressive. It was impressive. I think we talked about it last spring on Squirrel Chatter. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get busy. Uh, I want to remind you that uh, Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. And as we continue to read through the Legacy Standard Bible Translation, our scripture readings today are Daniel 4 through 9, Psalm 91, and John 18 and 19. So let's begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. 
Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so now Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every tongue that inhabit all the earth, may your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, and how strong are his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at my ease in my house, and flourishing in my palace, I saw a dream, and it made me fearful, and these fantasies as I lay in my bed and the visions in my head kept alarming me. So I gave a decree to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came in, and I said the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But at last Daniel came in before me whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I said, to, I said the dream to him, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery is difficult for you, say to me the visions of my dream which I have seen, along with its interpretation. Now these were the visions in my head as I lay on my bed. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the ends of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky inhabited its branches, and all flesh fed itself from it. I was looking in the visions in my head as I lay on my bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, descended from the heavens. He called out loudly and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it, and the birds from its branches. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the earth, but with a band of iron and bronze around it. In the new grass of the field... And let him be drenched with the dew of the heavens, and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man, and let the heart of a beast be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. This edict is by the resolution of the watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind, and gives it to whom he wishes, 
and sets up over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, say to me its interpretation, inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was appalled for a while as his thoughts were alarming him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was visible to all the earth, and whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field inhabited, and in whose branches the birds of the sky dwelt, it is you, O king. For you have become great and grown strong, and your greatness has become even greater, and reached to the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth. But in that the king saw a watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, yet leave the stump with its roots in the earth, but with a band of iron and bronze around it, in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field, until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the resolution of the Most High, which is reached, my lord, the king, that you be driven away from mankind, and your place of habitation be with the beasts of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time will pass over you, until you know that the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind, and gives it to whomever he wishes." And in that they said to leave the stump with the roots of the tree, your kingdom will endure for you, after you know that it is heaven that rules with power. Therefore, O king, may my advice seem good to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness, and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. All this reached Nebuchadnezzar the king. At the end of twelve months he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. The king answered and said, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal house by the strength of my power and for the glory of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven, saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you as it is, it is said, the kingdom has been removed from you, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your place of habitation will be with the beasts of the field. You will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you know that the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was accomplished, and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. But at the end of those days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes toward heaven, and my knowledge returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can strike against his hand or say to him, What have you done? At that time my knowledge returned to me, 
and my majesty and splendor were returned to me from the glory of my kingdom, and my high officials and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was reestablished in my kingdom, and extraordinary greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are true and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Chapter 5 Belshazzar, Belshazzar the king held a great feast for one thousand of his nobles, and he was drinking wine in the presence of the thousand. While Belshazzar tasted the wine, he said to the gold, he said to bring the gold and silver vessels which Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, so that the kings and his the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels which had been taken out of the kingdom, taken out of the temple, the house of God which was in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank the wine and praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a man's hand came out and began writing opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the back of the hand that did the writing. Then the splendor of the king's face changed, and his thoughts alarmed him, and his hip joints went slack, and his knees were knocking against each other. The king called out loudly to bring in the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners. The king answered and said to the wise men of Babylon, Any man who can read this writing and declare its interpretation to me shall be clothed with purple, and have a necklace of gold around his neck, and rule with power as third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known its interpretation to the king. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed, and the splendor of his face changed further, and his nobles were perplexed. The queen entered the banquet hall because of the words of the king and his nobles. The queen answered and said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts alarm you, or the splendor of your face be changed. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is a spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of your father, illumination, insight, and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, set him as chief of the magicians, conjurers, Chaldeans, and diviners. This was because of an extraordinary spirit, knowledge, and insight, interpretation of dreams, explanation of enigmas, and solving of difficult problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Let Daniel now be summoned, and he will declare the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, Are you the Daniel who is one of the exiles from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? Now I have heard about you, that a spirit of the gods is in you, and that illumination, insight, and extraordinary wisdom have been found in you. Just now the wise men and the conjurers were brought in before me, that they might read this writing and make its interpretation known to me, but they could not declare the interpretation of the message. But I personally have heard about you, that you are able to give interpretations and solve difficult problems. Now, if you are able to read the writing and make its interpretation known to me, you will be clothed with purple and wear a necklace of gold around your neck, and you will rule with power as the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts remain with you, or give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the writing to the king and make the interpretation known to him. 
O King, the Most High God granted the kingdom grandeur, glory, and majesty to Nebuchadnezzar your father. And because of the grandeur which he bestowed on him, all the nations, peoples, and men of every tongue feared and were in dread before him. Whomever he wished he killed, and whomever he wished he kept alive, and whomever he wished he raised up, and whomever he wished he made low. But when his heart was raised up, and his spirit became so strong that he behaved arrogantly, he was deposed from his royal throne, and his glory was taken away from him. He was also driven away from the sons of men, and his heart was made like that of beasts, and his place of habitation was with the wild donkeys. He was given grass to eat like cattle, and his body was drenched with dew of the sky until he knew that the Most High God is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind, and that he sets up over it whomever he wishes. Yet you, his son Belshazzar, have not made your heart lowly, even though you knew all this. But you have raised yourself up against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines have been drinking wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see, hear, or know. But the God in whose hand are your life breath, and all your ways you have not honored. Then the hand was sent from him, and this writing was inscribed. Now this is the writing that was inscribed. Mine, mine, tekel, a parson. This is the interpretation of the message. Mine, that God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. Tekel, that you have been weighed on the scales and found lacking. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar said the word, and they clothed Daniel purple, and put a necklace of gold around his neck, and issued a proclamation concerning him, that he would now be the third ruler, third powerful ruler in the kingdom. That same night Belshazzar the Chaldean king was killed. So Darius the Mede received the kingdom at about the age of sixty-two. Chapter 6 It seemed good to Darius that he set 120 satraps over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom, and over them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might be accountable to them, and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps, because an extraordinary spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. Then the commissioners and the satraps began seeking to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to the matters of the kingdom, but they were not able to find any ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Inasmuch as he was faithful, and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, We will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the high officials and the governors have counseled together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who seeks to make a petition of any god or man beside you, O king, for thirty days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the written document, so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. 
Therefore, King Darius signed the written document, that is, the injunction. Now when Daniel knew that the written document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before God, as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel seeking to make a petition and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the king's injunction, Did you not sign an injunction that any man who seeks to make a petition to any god or man beside you, O king, for thirty days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king answered and said, The word is certain, according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you have signed, but keeps seeking to make his petition three times a day. Then, as soon as the king heard this word, he was greatly distressed within himself, and set his mind on saving Daniel. And even until sunset he kept exerting himself to deliver him. Then these men came by agreement to the king, and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statute which the king established may be changed. Then the king said the word, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king answered and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself save you. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring, and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing would would be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose at dawn, at the break of day, and hurriedly went to the lion's den. When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king answered and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to save you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was greatly pleased and said for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no harm whatsoever was found on him, because he had believed in his God. Then the king then said the word, and they brought those men who had brought charges against Daniel, and they cast them, their children and their wives, into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every tongue who were inhabiting all the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that all the that in all the dominion of my kingdom men are to fear and be in dread before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be unto the end. He saves and delivers and does signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who, also, who has also saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel enjoyed success in the kingdom of Darius and in the kingdom of Cyrus the Persian. Chapter 7 In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his head as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and said the following summary of the matter. 
Daniel answered and said, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts were coming up from the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until its wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a heart of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one in the likeness of a bear, and it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. After this I kept looking, and behold, another one like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I looked in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, fearsome and terrifying and extraordinarily strong, and it had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. While I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them, and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it, and behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great boasts. I kept looking, until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His clothing was like white snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with fire, its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat, and the books were opened. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the great boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was killed, and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was given to them for an appointed season of time. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days, and came near before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every tongue might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not be taken away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me, and the visions of my head kept alarming me. I came near to one of those who were standing by and, seek, and began seeking out from him the exact meaning of all this. So he said it to me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great, great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Then I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, extraordinarily fearsome, with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, and which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth speaking great boasts, and which was larger in appearance than its associates." I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overcoming them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given in favor of the saints of the Highest One. And the season arrived 
when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms, and will devour the whole earth, and tread it down and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the previous ones, and will make low three kings. He will speak words against the Most High, and wear down the saints of the highest one, and he will intend to make changes in seasons and in law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Then the reign, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. At this point, the matter of this revelation ended. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts were greatly alarming me, and the splendor of my face changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Chapter 8 In the third year of the reign of Belshazzar the king, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after the one which appeared to me previously. And I looked in the vision, and it happened that while I was looking, I was in the citadel of Susa, which is in the province of Elam. And I looked in the vision, and I myself was beside the Ulai Canal. Then I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a ram which had two horns was standing in front of the canal. Now the two horns were long, but one was longer than the other, with the longer one coming up last. I saw the ram budding westward, northward, and southward, and no other beast could stand before it, nor was anyone to deliver from its power. But it did as it pleased and magnified itself. And while I was considering, behold, a male goat was coming from the west over the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a conspicuous horn between its eyes. Then it came up to the ram that had the two horns, which I had been, which I had been standing in front of the canal, and ran at it with its strong wrath. And I saw it reach the side of the ram, and it was enraged at it, it struck the ram and broke its two horns in pieces, and the ram had no strength to stand in opposition to it. So it threw it down to the ground and trampled on it, and there was none to deliver the ram from its power. Then the male goat magnified itself exceedingly. But as soon as it was mighty, the large horn was broken, and in its place came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a rather small horn, and it grew exceedingly toward the south, toward the east, and toward the beautiful land. Then it grew up to the host of heaven, and caused some of the host and some of the stars to fall to the earth, and it trampled them down. And it even magnified itself to be equal at the commander of the host. And it removed the regular sacrifice from him, and the place of his sanctuary was thrown down. And on account of transgression the host will be given over to the horn, along with the regular sacrifice, and it will... It will throw truth down to the ground and do its will and succeed. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said, That particular one who was speaking, How long will the vision about the regular sacrifice apply while the transgression causes desolation, so as to allow both the holy place and the host to be trampled? He said to me, For two thousand three hundred evenings and mornings, then the holy place will be made righteous." Now it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, that I sought to understand it, 
And behold, standing before me was one who had the appearance of a man. And I heard the voice of a man between the banks of the Ulai. And he called out and said, Gabriel, give this man an understanding of what has happened, or what has appeared. So he came near to where I was standing. And when he came, I was terrified and fell on my face. But he said to me, Son of man, understand that the vision pertains to the time of the end. Now while he was talking with me, I sank into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and made me stand upright. Then he said, Behold, I am going to let you know what will happen at the, first, at the final period of the indignation, for it pertains to the appointed time of the end. The ram which you saw with the two horns is the kings of Media and Persia. Now the shaggy goat is the king of Greece, and the large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. And the broken horn and the four horns that stood in its place are four kingdoms that will take their stand from his nation, although not with his power. In the latter period of their reign, when the transgressions have run their course, a king will stand, insolent and skilled in intrigue. His power will be mighty, but not by his own power, and he will destroy to an astonishing degree and succeed and do his will. He will destroy mighty men and the holy people, and through his insight he will cause deceit to succeed by, succeed by his hand, and he will magnify himself in his heart, and he will destroy many while they are at ease. He will even stand against the prince of princes, but he will be broken without hands. And what had appeared about the evening and the mornings which has been told is true. But as for you, conceal the vision, for it, to, it pertains to many days in the future. Then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I rose up again and did the king's work, but I was appalled at what had appeared, and there was none to make me understand it. Chapter 9 In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, from the seed of the Medes, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, discerned in the books the number of the years concerning which the word of Yahweh came to Jeremiah the prophet for the fulfillment of the laying waste of Jerusalem, namely seventy years. So I gave my face to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to Yahweh my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity and acted wickedly and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and judgments. Moreover, we have not listened to your slaves, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as it is this day. To the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have banished them, because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. O Yahweh, to us belongs open shame, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. Nor have we listened to the voice of Yahweh our God, to walk in his laws which he put before us through his slave the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has trespassed against your law, even turning aside, not listening to your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us, 
along with the oath which was written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. Thus he has established his words which he has spoken against us and against our judges whom he judged us to bring us great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what was done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come on us. Yet we have not entreated the favor of Yahweh our God by turning from our iniquity and acting wisely in your truth. Therefore Yahweh has watched over the calamity and brought it on us. For Yahweh our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds which he has done. But we have not listened to his voice. So now, O Lord our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a strong hand and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned, we have acted wickedly. O Lord, in accordance with all your righteousness, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of, your, because of our sins and the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your slave and to his supplications. And for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine in your desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and listen. Open your eyes and see our des desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any righteousness of our own, but on account of your abundant compassion. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, give heed and take action. For your own sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before Yahweh my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God, and while I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision previously, touched me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening sacrifice. Then he made me understand and spoke with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight with understanding. At the beginning of your supplications the word was issued, so I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. So understand the message and gain understanding in what has appeared. Seventy weeks have been determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the holy of holies. So you are to know and have insight that from the going out of a word to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. It will be restored and rebuilt with plaza and moat even in times of distress. Then after the sixty-two weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end there will be war. Desolations are decreed. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will make sacrifice and grain offerings cease, and on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, until, even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed, is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Now Psalm 91. He who abides in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say to Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the destructive pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will take refuge. His truth is a large shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of terror by night or arrow that flies by day, of pestilence that moves in darkness, or of destruction that devastates at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made Yahweh, my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, and no plague will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the fierce lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will protect him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in his distress. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. Now John chapter 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples to the other side of the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, into which he entered with his disciples. Now Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place, for Jesus had often gathered there with his disciples. Judas then, having received the Roman cohort and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am he. And Judas also, who was betraying him, was standing with them. So when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Therefore he, asked, he again asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these go their way. In order that the word which he had spoke would be fulfilled, of those whom you have given me I have not lost one. Simon Peter then, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear and the slave's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put the sword into the sheath, the cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? So the Roman cohort and the commander of the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him, and led him to Annas first, for he was father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews that it was better for one man to die on behalf of the people. And Simon Peter was following Jesus, and so was another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter was standing at the door outside. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, Are you not also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the officers were standing there, having made a charcoal fire, for it was cold and they were warming themselves. And Peter was also with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. 
Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together, and I spoke nothing in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had said this, one of the officers standing nearby gave Jesus a slap, saying, Is that the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, bear witness of the wrong. But if rightly, why do you strike me? So Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, Are you not also one of his disciples, are you? You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, being a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium, and it was early. And they themselves did not enter into the praetorium, so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. In order that the word of Jesus would be spoken would be fulfilled, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. Therefore Pilate entered again into the praetorium, and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this from yourself, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What did you do? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting, so that I would not be delivered over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You yourself said I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you wish then that I release, to, release for you the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Chapter 19 Pilate then took Jesus and flogged him. And when the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. And they were coming to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and were giving him slaps in the face. But Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold, the man. So when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he made himself out to be the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he became more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, 
you do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You have no authority over me unless it has been given to you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate kept seeking to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself to be a king opposes Caesar. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he then delivered him over to be crucified. They took Jesus, therefore, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two other men, one on either side, and Jesus in between. And Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Therefore, many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they were about to crucify Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, a part to each soldier, and also his tunic. Now that tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to decide whose it shall be. This was in order that the scripture would be fulfilled. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour the disciple took her into his home. After this, Jesus, knowing all the things that had already been finished, in order to finish the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucifying him, crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has borne witness, and his witness is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. For these things came to pass, in order that the scripture would be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again another scripture said, 
They shall look on him whom they pierce. Now after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. And Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about one hundred litres. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. This is the word of the Lord. Now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the collect for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, folks, that's Squirrel Chatter for Tuesday. Have a great day. Uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Like I said, uh, we got a bunch of snow last night, so I'm about to go put on my snow boots and go outside and shovel snow, which is something that I look forward to with great joyous anticipation, as I'm sure you can imagine. As I've said, the older I get, the less enamored with winter weather I am. It's pretty. You look out the window, the snow is very, very pretty. But it's cold out there, and it's wet, and I just have getting over it real quick. <sighs> and we still have December, January, February to go. February is our big snow month. February is when we get our most snow. But I guess living in Montana and complaining about snow is a lot like living in Hawaii and complaining about a volcano. All right, folks, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. And whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.